the transcendent CMO. That's right. I said those words together. You never thought you'd hear those ever coined as a phrase, the transcendent CMO. Well, you know what? The CMO role and the role of marketing has changed, evolved, has transcended. It's a normal, original approach. The way we think about marketing today and the way we think about marketing going forward is evolving quicker than we can keep up with. So what I have on today is a guest, Britta Meyer, who is going to talk to us about the ever-changing role of the CMO, how it's evolved within the organization, and how it's working with the rest of C-Suite to partner and pair up and put the customer front and center, all today on the podcast. Welcome to the Founders Place Podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. Now here's your host, Todd Will. Todd Will. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have Britta on. She is so smart, so sage, and has such a great point of view. She is a been there, done that CMO, held the job, top spot at Wageworks for five years or so, has a long, uh, fantastic history, and she just knows this, frankly, better than anybody. And I would put her up against some of the greats because she is a phenomenal CMO and she is a great business leader. So she's going to walk us through and actually help us understand how the role of marketing has changed, transcended, evolved, is different, even then when you think of marketing as not just leads and not just brand, but how marketing is really shaping the entire infrastructure of the organization and changing the way the C-suite thinks and interacts with marketing. So sit back, take a listen as Britta walks us through how to rethink marketing. Britta, thank you for joining the call today. Very excited. As we start with everybody, who are you and why are you here? Well, thank you so much for having me today, Todd. Um, it's, a, it's an honor. And I am a native German, have been living and breathing the Silicon Valley for the past 20 years <laughs> now, um, and uh, enjoyed a variety of different um, opportunities to uh, take on some marketing leadership roles and do everything from you know, companies in the PowerPoint stage where I built my own desk on my first day at work to um, leading the marketing efforts for a company, um, you know, that's publicly traded. So a broad variety of, of different things that I've been able to experience to date and just excited to be chatting with you a little bit about what's going on in the minds of the marketers. Well, perfect. Well, and, and one of the things that will be interesting and, and it'll be a good context for people that are listening to this is, and you hit on it. You've been first person in the door, building your own decks, kind of doing it all to helping to go grow a publicly traded company and working through all of those steps along the way. And now you're going in and working as an advisor, a board advisor, and working with companies to help them, not just in their marketing, but help them beyond their marketing, help them um, set the right tone, direction, culture, really thinking about this holistically. So I loved the maturation, the growth that you've had in your career, and we're going to pull parts of that out into the conversation. All right. So first one, let's, let's talk about this. Um, CMO role has changed pretty dramatically, right? Yep. In our, in our professional lifetimes, yep. seeing that role change quite a bit. So let's, let's start with this one as kind of the baseline. What are some of the things you've seen uh, top of mind for you in terms of what the changes have been with the CMO role, especially over these last couple of years, because you've been living and breathing this and experiencing it directly. 
Mm-hmm. I think what we are seeing today is just that um, the the position of the CMO within the leadership team and really the position of marketing within the entire organization um, has has just dramatically changed such that marketing is is, is, is a much more front and center type of um, function in the organization because it touches everything else. And, um, and uh, you know, I must say when I, when I think back to my, you know, early days and study times and, and, and all of that, I, um, I do think that it probably always was designed that way or was meant that way. At least that's when I think about my, my textbooks, that's what we talked about, right? The, all of the P's that, you know, extended from uh, place and price and promotion um, to, to um, you know, people and, and um, really even into, um, into areas that were not naturally, uh, you know, designated to marketing. So, so what we're seeing there is that the role of marketing has been expanding over the course of time and in combination with um, things like uh, the digital world that came up, you know, even more recently, um, the social world um, that that became the marketer's world. Um, it just became more and more comprehensive. And I think that's reflected in the fact that the marketer today ideally is located in the center of the organization because what their work does is it impacts every other function within the organization as well. And the uh, issue, and there's always an issue, right? <laughs> the issue with this is, our, is, is of course, that um, organizations are learning to adapt to this change um, in various ways and at various rates. And so there is conflicts um, uh, sometimes that we find in organizations that I found in organizations that weren't there before, right? And there is a new way of uh, divvying up the, the work and the responsibilities between um, these traditional functions um, that we didn't have before. And that creates some sort of conflict. And so it's, it's a really productive way of grinding um, but it's 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 an ex- exciting to um, to realize that things are shifting that way. Um, but it's definitely a very um, elevated role today, I would say. Well, and and one of the things I think is interesting with how you just framed this was, okay, so there's still a belief with many people that marketer marketing, right? Mm-hmm. The CMO equals leads. That mm-hmm. the role of marketing is just to drive revenue or the role of marketing is just to bring leads in and let the sales organization drive revenue, depending Mm -hmm. on what your business model is. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is in some ways subtly different, but in some ways revolutionarily different. That was hard to say um, where marketing becomes the sort of central hub within the organization. And they're the touch point into all of these other places. I mean, let's use, let's just use one as an example Um, talk a little bit about the relationship between marketing and say HR, right? Marketing and people and how those connections are made. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. And we'll go in and talk in some of the other ones as well. Right. So, so marketing and HR, if you think about that, two, two very, very different functions fundamentally, because um, at first sight, 
marketing is always this outbound function, right? Marketing is about how we communicate to the world, how we communicate to the external world, what this, in, uh, what our company stands for, what our brand stands for, etc. Um, and by contrast, um, HR tends to be a very inbound uh, looking function simply because um, they are dealing with the, the people that are working at our organization. So it's, it's, it's really um, about the inner workings of, of the company and how to utilize these resources and make them most productive. Um, but in reality, uh, when you think about it, in reality, uh, for us as a company, for us as a brand, um, we have a very strong out, outwards function, right? Think about all of the job postings that are going out, the way how you describe your company, the way how you describe a position such that you attract the best possible candidates, right? So that on one hand is a very commun com communicative um, uh, way of, of thinking about HR and it's actually very similar to what we do in marketing. In fact, I believe that, um, you know, a lot of times job description should be written by marketing because, you know, they should really entail the essence of the brand. And that is my second point to this. When we, when we talk about a brand and we talk about brand attributes and we talk about what our brand stands for, at the end of the day, all we do is we make a promise, right? We make a promise yeah. about what it is that you can expect from us when you work with us. But who's going to make that happen? It's our people. It's our people that with every day, with every interaction with the customer, in the way that they do their work, they fulfill the promise of the brand, right? So um, when you keep that in mind, um, it would be very natural that the HR department and the marketing department should work really closely together because HR needs to be deeply understanding of the brand and its values so that they can build out the people organization that actually makes it happen. Right. So when we talk about the employer brand, which is one aspect of our brand, then that's just as important as our product brand. Right. And therefore, I think that there should be a very, very close relationship. Okay, so before I start getting into some of the other relationships, IT is going to be one of them. We talk about the CFOs, another one. Uh, sales is certainly one. But it, before we start getting into the details here, I think one of the things that's that's fascinating about this idea is that marketing does play a partnership role with each one of these organizations. Mm -hmm. So let's go the devil's advocate route here. Okay. You're a CEO and you bring on marketing and you're like, Hey, look, I'm trying to grow my business. I'm trying to help us just meet our expectations of our board of directors or maybe our investors or what my own expectations are in the marketplace. All of that is all well and good but we've got revenue targets we've got to hit. Why don't you go focus on that instead of trying to focus on making our people better? And I know that this is maybe a little far-fetched, but also one kind of a conversation that I've heard from plenty of founders and early stage CEOs where, hey, you know what? Let's just play in your, in your silo. And what you're talking about is actually breaking that and making sure that the C-suite works together. So talk to me a little bit about how how you've dealt with that and how you, how you counter that argument of just go play your position and, mm -hmm. and I'll be the one to coach us to perfection. Yeah. I, um, I will agree with, um, with this as a very realistic scenario. Yeah. 
Um, and as always, when organizations go through changes, um, you can definitely, uh, you know, uh, you can definitely feel that there's conflict and that has to be managed. And if that's managed by the CEO or, or if that's managed by uh, peers themselves, uh, it's, it's not just uh, within the leadership team anyway. It's really something that gets translated into the organization and how business is being done. So um, I acknowledge, you know, you, you got a good scenario there. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, at the same time, I would say that um, to me, the role of the CEO really is to make clear what the objectives and the goals are that we as a leadership team go after. Right. And, and I believe once we have found alignment on these goals, which we share, then we are able and open to talk about how do we achieve these goals? Yeah. So, um, so is it really a matter of, okay, let her do the lead generation and then, you know, um, focus on that and don't let her mess around with, with any of these other objectives? Um, or is it a matter of, well, HR translates their aspect or their view of the goal into, I need to have the most productive and, and most effective and hopefully the best possible workforce that I can have. Why? Because that's how we do our, that's how we build our business. That's how our customers are judging what they're getting from us. And if we can work together so that we reach out and we describe what we're looking for and we, we can then um, attract these people that are the closest to fulfilling our brand promise, then all of a sudden we have, we have done, we've worked together to achieve a goal that is an enterprise goal. I, I think the same is true um, for, for, for all organizations. It's not just true for revenue generation. Well, and I want to think that, you know, marketers hopefully are increasingly being associated with revenue generation and not just with spending money, which people always think of us. Yeah. Um, so so um, revenue is a common goal, a shared goal that we have. And we all work together to achieve these goals. And, and again, if you think about uh, the HR department, they have a certain um, influence on our revenue because um, say we have signed up a, a client and we're serving the client, then our people are the ones that keep serving them. And the better we serve them, the better we retain them, right? And, and, and the better we serve them, the more they will recommend us to others, the easier the sale will be going forward. Um, so all of these um, functions are supposed to be very closely um, interacting because our goals are shared goals. I don't think you, it's really possible anymore to carve out um, goals where you in isolation can then um, accomplish these, right? And that's true for marketing in particular because, as I said, we are so ingrained in the, um, in the nature of the entirety of the organization. Okay, so what I heard that was really clear here and a little bit of an un unlocking mechanism for me was this concept of shared goals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the traditional argument goes, as we described it before, well, just go in and play your position and call it a day. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is, well, okay, if, if my goal as a marketer is revenue or my goal is market acquisition or my goal is growth, 
then, okay, how do I achieve that? Well, yeah, there's the traditional things that people think of marketing as, okay, I have to go run campaigns and I have to do field events and I have to do sort of the branding and I've got to work on the website and I've got to do sales enablement and right. all of those tactics. Right. But my goal is revenue. And right. so if my goal is revenue, how do I accomplish that? Well, I'm going to accomplish that by partnership with these other organizations, as you were saying, because our people are going to be so crucial to us not only being able to generate revenue, but grow revenue and sometimes even hold on to revenue. Right. And if you don't have the right people to do that, you're going to fail along the way anyway. And marketing hasn't then done its job. Right. So, I, yeah, keep going. But, but, I think, but I think that what you just said really hits the nail on its head, which is um, the difference is viewing marketing as a strategic versus a technical function, right? Yeah. Why are we building a website? Why are we running a campaign? And, and, and how do you know which campaign to run, right? At the end of the day, you're trying to, um, when, when you think about these, um, these you know, sub-functions, if you want, these activities, I, call, I like to call them activities, because even if you do a lot of these, um, they don't, you know, guarantee your success, right? It's all a matter of a tactical alignment of various activities um, that you keep yourself busy with. But what I'm, I'm trying to say is, when we look at marketing as a strategic function, you know, as, as a strategic um, operation within the organization, then you look at it very differently because you, in oh, most yeah. cases, I would say in 99% of cases, what it boils down to is what are you responsible for generating as a company? You're responsible for generating revenue and you're responsible for generating a certain profitability. That's what the, most of your goal set is all about. Right. And ideally, you look at your organization and your growth objectives from a long term perspective. And if you look at it from a long term perspective, meaning not just this quarter, so keep running your campaigns, but also what are we going to do next year? What are we going to do in three years or in five years? Right. And, and if you take a long term horizon, then can you really afford not to look at it from a strategic perspective? Yeah. Boil everything down and to limit everything on a tactical level? I'm not saying the tactics are not just important. The tactics to me is the execution capability that you definitely need to complement that strategic approach. But at the end of the day, how can you be successful with your tactics when you don't have the right strategies in place to align your tactics accordingly? Right. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. So there was a couple things I'm gonna I'm gonna call back to interviews that we've had on the on the show. So one is uh, Karen Hayward, who is with Chief Outsiders. They do a lot of fractional CMOS. Um, she talks about this idea of random acts of marketing, which is these activities that are there just because they're there. Like you you went to a trade show because you've always gone to a trade show, but nobody knows why you're going to that trade show, right? Or you build a website, but what's the purpose of the website? Is the website just a big billboard to talk about you and the company? Is it trying to drive revenue? Are you trying to convert? Are you trying to educate? Is it thought leadership? Are you moving people down the funnel? Is it a site to house to host, host the, uh, the talent or the, you know, the careers page for the organization. What's the goal here? And so most organizations don't really know what that is. Mm -hmm. The other thing you were talking about too, which I think is, is really critical, is something that a uh, uh, good friend, Jerome Nadal, who's the CMO of Rambus, he talks this about uh, scarcity and abundance. And this mindset, right, that 
if you go into it and you have this abundance modeling where you think, well, the world is a cornucopia that we can go in and take and take from, and we can go in and, and there's plenty for everybody. Well, then that changes your mindset and you start looking at three to five years down the road. You start thinking about strategic planning. You start thinking about where you can go and grow. If you think of things as a scarcity model, well, then everything is about, well, I just need to survive till the next day, till the next week, till the next month. And so the reason this is important is what you were saying is if you've got a CEO or an executive team that won't allow marketing to get out of that you're just responsible for the tactics. I just need leads next week. Exactly. That's a strong signal that you're dealing with a scarcity modeling. You're mm-hmm. dealing with fear. You're dealing with risk aversion instead of true growth because you're not thinking about three years down the road or five years down the road. Yes, you've got tactics and goals and things you have to measure to immediately, but you're not thinking about the longer term. You're just like, I'm just trying to survive here. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about works well in the abundance modeling, but probably doesn't work well in the scarcity because people are so closed and closed minded. They're not going to think about creating those strategic relationships. And also I I would, I would, I would say that that's true. And also um, to build a little bit on that. um, If you are in, in situations with a scarcity um, model, um, the, the, the second question is, you know, if marketing is really not understood as a strategic partner, but rather as a tactical executioner, executioner, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what happens is um, a lot of times we don't know why we're doing certain things, um, other than that sales thinks that that's what what's needed right now in order for them to make the number, in order for them to um, to to sell what they need to sell in a given period of time, right? So they are thinking about their immediate um, uh, emergency and, you know, typically it's some sort of emergency, right? Right. And, and, and then um, it's about it's about, you know, finding tactical ways to address these emergencies. Um, and what I'm what, what um, I think is really important is in my own career, when I look back, I've worked with some exceptional sales leaders that really embraced marketing as that strategic partner. And they would come and, and to, to me and they would say, here, I have an issue. And it could be a short-term issue, but it could be a long-term issue. But we always want to look at it from a perspective of if we engage in this activity now, what is it going to do for us? Not just now, but also in the future, right? You don't want to shoot, yeah. but either. And, and those were the really successful relationships. And then there are relationships where um, when, when sales or the organization in general don't have that trust in those strategic capabilities um, oh, yeah. marketing function, then they will tell you, and I need a webinar in three weeks, right? And we all know that that's probably not going to be a big success. So. Right. Um, so, you know, in those scenarios, um, and I've actually worked with a lot of marketers in my practice, but also throughout my career, where I encourage people to find a way to ask for the actual goal and not to, you know, come with these prescribed activities, right? So it's really about tell me why you want me to do this, and then I'll help you develop the tactics that will help you achieve that goal. Right. And I call that and, and, and I'm calling it briefing. Right. So I like the ideas of marketing briefs where in those situations, you or any marketer could actually sit down 
with their sales partner or any partner really within the organization and, and ask them, why do you want me to do this particular activity? Well, you know, let's start with what you're trying to accomplish here and then let's brainstorm what else we could do to get there. Right. Yeah. That's the way to get out of that trade show that you've done over and over and over again. That nobody knows what it does for us. Right. But everybody's so afraid that we, you know, that what if we don't do it anymore? So, and that, um, this approach actually, you know, levels everything on a more, you know, more strategically. And also, um, that's where you enforce innovation within your marketing organization and within your organization at large, right? That's where you rethink things that you have done before. And that's why I think it's so exciting for organizations to embrace marketing as a strategic function and go through this evolution, um, even though it can be painful at times, but I believe that innovation that comes out of it is really what does guarantee the success for the future. One of the things I love about C-Suite Radio is our sponsors. That's right. I said it. Our sponsors. They're the people that put good money down with their products and services to help make this show a reality. So I would appreciate it, as would C-Suite Radio, if you would take a quick listen to one of our sponsors today. All right. Thank you for listening to that. Really appreciate it. And now let's get back to Britta and her sage insight on the transcendent role of the CMO. Well, and I love this idea of sort of getting to why, right? Why is it that we're doing it? And come to me with the, what is it you're trying to accomplish versus telling me what the tactic is? Yeah. We, we hear that a lot, right? The sales yeah. organization, and not to pick on sales, right? But sales will come in and say, I, uh, you know, I need, oh, I don't know, I need to go to this event or I need this webinar or I, uh, I need a new deck. I need a new pitch deck. If I had a new pitch deck, we, oh, we, we'd close so much business and I'd make all my numbers. Everything is a silver bullet, right? Yeah, exactly. If I just had this, <laughs> if you just had the messaging better, I could. And mm-hmm. so what you really need to do and what you're talking about is getting down to, well, okay, so what is it specifically that's getting in the way? What aren't we accomplishing? What is it you're trying to accomplish? Why are you trying to accomplish it? And as you start asking those questions and peeling it back and pulling it apart, you can start to get to what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not a pitch deck. Maybe it's that we don't have alignment in terms of our product and the market and the fit. Mm-hmm. We don't have this alignment there. So no matter what we're saying or how we're saying it, it's never going to land with our customer because we've got the wrong customer on the line. Mm-hmm. Let's go find the right customers and find the right product market fit so we can go after the right type of people. And so that is holistically different than just, I need a pitch deck or I need exactly. to go to this show or we need to not go to this show. So I love your point of view on that. That's big spot on. Ah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So now that we've talked about that, uh, I do want to round out this a little bit because you, you know, you talked about this sort of integrative role in marketing. We, we used sales a little bit as an example here at the end. We talked a little bit about HR, but I know this idea of IT and marketing, which mm-hmm. is a newer relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think most organizations are used to, and maybe even comfortable with, right? right? Um, right. Let's talk about that a little bit. Talk about how IT and marketing can, should be working together and why you see that that's so crucial. Right. So IT, um, I would say, if you look at traditional organizations and how it's been, um, 
always was a very legitimate organization, right? Nobody questions IT because they work with uh, critical uh, technology and infrastructure for the organization that, you know, you wouldn't think a salesperson would, um, you know, be part of that process. So why would you think that a marketing person would be part of that process, right? IT was um, a big decision maker and IT always knew because they have that technical knowledge that the marketer or the salesperson mm. don't have, right? Um, so, so what that means is uh, today, you know, we live in a world where particularly in marketing, and to a certain degree, of course, also in sales, but particularly in marketing, a lot of our world is ruled by technology, right? We have a marketing stack today. We are working with all kinds of applications. And that has gotten really, you know, really started out in, you know, the 90s when, when we started to um, send emails and track responses and um, started with search advertising and and um, thought about clicks and we developed websites you know and we we try to figure out um, you know how can we follow how people are interacting with this content that we're putting on on the web so those were the early days um, yeah. and then uh, you know if you think from then on all of the things that have have been added to our stack right uh, that that has become a really complex technology solution. Um, when you think about real marketing automation, um, as an example, or or you, then you think about the social web and you, you think about all of the interactions that somehow need to be synced with all of these conversations that are going on with our customers and all of these different channels, it's hugely complicated and highly, highly technical, right? I would argue that that has made most organizations today technology organizations, no matter what industry they're in. And that, and, and that is really driven by how consumers are interacting, how we are interacting with consumers, how consumers are making decisions, how we as marketers are trying to influence these decisions that consumers are making. And it doesn't really matter if these consumers are um, consumers in the traditional sense of the end user or businesses, you know, which can be um, consumers as well. So... Um, so all that to say that there has been a lot of societal change and that's reflected in, in how we're doing marketing and that has translated into um, technology becoming this, this huge um, aspect of our work and this, this mm. um, enormous factor that can make us successful or not. And therefore, as marketers, we want to have more and more a say when it comes to technology decisions. We're not just going to want to take um, an IT found solution and says, here is your marketing automation solution, right? Um, right. And, therefore, and therefore, we have become more of a peer to this really renowned and very legit and uh, organization in IT mm. that we were supposed to not understand. And, and now, you, you know what I mean? And now yeah. we want to have a say, like we want to make the decisions. Um, and and for, for us, a lot of times we're running into situations where IT is supposed to make happen what our requirements um, demand. And they're supposed to help us in terms of the security and the, and the safety and the scalability and those kinds of things. But we have a fairly good understanding of what that market out there offers and what it is that we need in order to get our job done, right? So that's why I think that the, the IT 
and the and the marketing leadership roles have have to come together very very closely and there's some shifting of responsibilities taking place i would think well and and i think this the point that you make is really salient because one of the one of the things that's been an evolution and, and it's been going on for a while this isn't you know new is in the last six months but it's it's been a change that's happened in the roles is that as the you called it out as the world's become more digital and technology plays a greater role in how customers interact with us. Marketing's moved its responsibility from being just sort of the keeper of the brand mm-hmm. or the driver of the leads or the the relationship with press and media. And it's really moved into a role of how do people engage and interact with us? And so much of that is through technology. You don't see how you could do that without the IT organization being a part of it. And then certainly as the model has changed and we've moved into cloud-based, subscription-based, SaaS-based pricing, mm-hmm. where anyone with a credit card can get some kind of technology for $24.99 a month, mm-hmm. well, now all of a sudden you can have a marketing organization that's running rogue, bringing in their own sort of infrastructure and their own processes that are completely separate and apart from IT. Mm-hmm. And while that might be quick, might be easy, and might feel better, Ultimately, what you're doing is doing a disservice to the organization by bringing these technologies that you're not managing, not building efficiencies in, and also exposing yourself to risk from time to time that the IT organization doesn't have a part or a role in. So the responsibility goes both ways. You're, you're spot on. Marketing needs to work with IT and IT needs to work with marketing. The two of them can't exist without each other. Right, right. And I, and I think that um, that relationship is also critically important, and I would argue um, just as important as the sales relationship, right? Yeah. And, and um, if you think about um, measurability, right? Today, we, we, we want in marketing, we want everything to be measured if we just could, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Because we need to constantly justify our existence and our, and our budgets and, um, and how we spend our time and, and how we spend our resources. So um, just mm. from an aspect of enabling um, the, 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 the measurability and making sure that we can use um, what, we, what we measure to articulate back to the organization actually what we're doing, how we're doing it, etc. I, I believe that is one of the most, most critical points um, that a marketer in, in, in such an organizational setting needs to accomplish and they can only do that with the help of their IT partners. Yeah. All right. So this is where I want to start talking a little bit about what you're doing today, because this is what I find so fascinating. You as a marketer have, you've transcended marketing. That's right. I said it. You've transcended (laughs) marketing. So congratulations. You're on some path of enlightenment there. Um, The thing that's great is because you've worked your way up through this marketing infrastructure and you've become a true world-class CMO, well, now you're going in and doing this advisory work and you're, you're having to think beyond just the marketing infrastructure. You're having to think about the well-being of the business as a whole. Right. Some of this is what we just talked about, right? This integration of the CMO into the fabric of the organization and this hub and spoke model. But I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you're seeing doing and advising as you're talking to companies and your customers, right, mm-hmm. on this advisory role and how you're helping them to think about marketing beyond just the tactics, right? Mm-hmm. And just the tips and tricks around marketing. So talk a little bit about your, your work doing the advisory work. Cause I, I, I think this is really crucial 
and really key for any CEO that's listening and they're thinking, okay, uh, I need to start thinking about marketing a little bit differently within the structure of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, um, it's really interesting to, to think about it like this because I, that was not, I hadn't really envisioned this evolution um, from, from um, you know, what I've actually now seen in my advisory role. So I thought, um, you know, I've been a really good marketer. Um, I, I love working with other good marketers. I, I'm a problem solver. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, if there's a CMO somewhere, um, and, and I've been in situations like that, right, where you just would love to connect with somebody else and run that problem by them and, and just kind of get this, you know, exchange going and this interaction going and hear how somebody else would think about that problem. So I thought I would get um, a lot of calls from from CMOs or marketing leaders and and help them solve certain problems, right? And I did get a few. Um, But today, when I look at who I work with, um, you know, I I typically work with CEOs or I work with Hmm. uh, with board members or I work with um, the investor side that is that is um, interested in in a business and and the growth situation of the business. They bring me in. Right. And then I I get to meet the marketing leader in the organization just as much as I get to work with the IT leader or anybody else who's who's involved in whatever problems that we're trying to, to solve. And, but, but my typical client is actually a CEO, right? And they come in and they say, um, you know, I, I have this, for instance, I'm working with a company that is um, in, in the healthcare business and, um, and it's a very old industry, of course, but there is an amazing amount of, of, of uh, innovation that's happening there and some really disruptive new, um, new developments that I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, and I have these, these CEOs of these companies and, and they can be really early on still. And they're trying to navigate and they're trying to understand how they should be positioning themselves and, um, and what else is out there in the market and what, what are they seeing in terms of setbacks and really helping them think through these things and develop communications and messaging and brand strategies that are tailored accordingly, right? Which are then being really taken on by, by their teams and implemented by their teams. But it's just a matter of strategic decision-making around very complex uh, problem sets when it comes to launching a company, growing a company, finding funding for a company, um, dealing with constantly changing competitive scenarios, etc. And and that's what I what what I uh, love about it. It's very diverse. Um, it could be um, you know a funding problem one day, it could be a new competitor another day, it could be, um, you know, search for an M&A partner um, the third day. So it's, it's very diverse, but it always starts with uh, looking at the, the um, mark, market in itself and looking at the company and where it stands, and then really working with the leadership team to help them find a strategy that works for them. Oh, I love that. Okay, so these, uh, these interviews go by very fast. And so we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. And I want to give you an opportunity to, to do some closing thoughts and to think of how you would uh, give some quick advice to a CEO or a leader, a business leader that's, that's listening to this and trying to, um, trying to peel back the onion that is marketing and understand a little bit better. So while you're thinking about that perfect answer, um, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a recap. Sure. Sorry. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I, I, I loved hearing about was 
your perspective around this hub and spoke model where marketing becomes part of this fabric of the organization. We spend a good deal of time talking about that, but I think it's so crucial and something that gets overlooked in terms of understanding how marketing should play a role within the company and not just sort of play its position as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, your perspective on, you know, thinking of it as, as, and this was so key about the shared goals. If our goal is revenue, well, we all share that goal and how do we do that? So HR plays a role in that just like marketing does. They're not out closing deals like the sales organization, but they're certainly bringing in the people that help go do that. Mm-hmm. So why would you neglect that relationship? If you're in an organization that doesn't value that, then you should need to start looking at, are we in a risk-averse company? Are we in a company that's only thinking about the next you know, 30 days instead of the next 30 months? And what does that look like? And that's okay. That's a perfectly fine place to be, but it also changes your perspective on how you engage as a, as a marketing organization. Mm-hmm. I love your perspective on working with the IT team and how that is so crucial and often overlooked within organizations because marketing tends to... Uh, forge relationships with sales. And then the next one they would look at is maybe forging a relationship with the CFO because the CFO controls the money. Then you might look to forging a relationship with the product team because you're trying to find your fit in the market. You might forge a relationship with customer and customer success because you want to make sure that the implementations go well. But if you're thinking about the organizations you're going to touch on, IT might be in last place. And what you're saying is, hey, let's bump them up in the rankings a little bit and start thinking about them earlier stage because that's so crucial. And and I love that as an idea. And I, I don't think there's enough CMOs that are actively forging those relationships with the CIO, CTO in the organization and the infrastructure. So that was really key. And then your transcendence, your idea of working with marketing across uh, or with organizations across their board and their C-suite and helping to be an advisor that thinks about marketing holistically. Uh, Again, it's such a great place to be and such a rare place to be. So fantastic interview. Now, are you ready for your perfect perspective? What are those last couple of things you want to leave us with to help that CEO sort of forge that better relationship with with the CMO? Right. So, um, to me, it boils down to um, give marketing a chance, right? And look at it, look at it from a perspective of a C-suite participant. Um, And, and, you know, a lot of times I've been um, approached by companies about CMO positions. And uh, what I I realized was that not always are they actually looking for a CMO. Most of the time, they're looking for a VP of marketing um, or an EVP of marketing, maybe. But to me, um, if you really give the CMO a chance, then then, um, what happens is the CMO will help you look at the company holistically from a marketing perspective. And that is so Mm. critical important because it's all about the market, right? So, um, so, so give the CMO a chance and then don't be scared. Don't be scared because others might be, <laughs> and others might be scared because responsibilities are being um, divided differently, right? IT might say, no, we don't want marketing to be involved in our decision-making. We know which technologies to choose and we don't want to have that meddled around with. And, and sales um, thinks that they, they are the only partner to marketing and marketing is really supposed to be helping them get to their goal. Yeah. Um, and, and functions like HR don't, 
tend to think of marketing as a partner and yet we can make them so much more successful if we do. And I think that summarizes it really. Um, if we give if we give this idea a chance, if we realize that so much has changed in our environment in which we do business mm-hmm. um, with the tools that we use to do business, specifically with the technology side, um, how, can we, how can we enable all of this to help us become more successful? And I believe it's about integrating that market view um, in, a, in a very centralized way and letting that CMO develop these relationships and to, and to really bring that hub and spoke model um, to life. I think that would help a lot. All right. So as you were talking, all I was doing was singing. All we are saying is give marketing a chance. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for hopping on today. This was so great. Uh, your end point on really giving this a chance and giving this an opportunity to work is so spot on because it does feel a little risky. It does feel like this is different than a new model, but honestly, the rules have changed. The game has changed. The players have changed. Everything's changed around us. And so trying to do things the old way of just play your position and stay in your silo isn't going to work anymore. So I love this different perspective. And while this might be just, um, philosophical, it's easy to put this into tactics to get these teams to start working together. And it's easy how a smart CEO or C-suite can start to figure out how to make this work. So thank you for steering us in the right direction. Thank you for hopping on the call today. Uh, Thank you for your career in marketing and being able to share that with us. This was such a great conversation. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening. I love her point of view. She has also invited me to be on her new GLG uh, board to uh, serve as a CMO council member with her and super excited about that opportunity. We'll be posting what that looks like here in the upcoming weeks and getting other CMOs and other executives on board. She is such a great leader, a great friend, and really knows the space. I suggest everyone follows her closely to see what she's doing and what she's doing next, but we'll have updates here over the next coming weeks. Uh, Additionally, you can find books or (laughs) views like Britta uh, in the book Beyond Product. That book is now available at your favorite e-tailer and retailer. Go pick up a copy today, Beyond Product, and you can find everything else you need at foundersplace.co. That's foundersplace.co, the place where exceptional founders grow. Thanks again for listening. We hope to have everyone here next week as we bring on another exciting session on our CMO series. Thanks again. Have a fantastic one. You've been listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. For past episodes, blogs, and more, visit us at foundersplace.co. That's foundersplace.co. And thanks for listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.